At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You know, Rick is so wild and has went so far off the, the meter. It's shit that I can't even tell, talk, tell you on TV. I mean, you know, for the sake of our friendship, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm not even gonna bring it up, but trust me, he's went there. He 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 has went where it's like, yo, Rick, man, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? You don't take this shit too far. And his response is like this: There's no such place. Darkness. Let's go to the abyss, nigga. <laughs> I'm not with it, man. I don't want to go to the abyss, man. You know what I'm saying? Rick wants to go to the abyss. In fact, he dwells in the abyss. Rick James dwells in the abyss, okay? And he and he wants company. Sometimes, you know, and, and for some reason he likes to reach out for me. Whenever I'm around, when he, when he wants to go there, he will reach out for me to try to take take me to the abyss with him. I'm not with it, man. I'm not with it. And that's when we end up, you know, tussling or whatever. You know what I'm saying? the thing that I say is that look again I'm totally I'm totally cool you do not have to pay me but just give me the finer things in life for free right that's all I don't care if I have a dollar as long as I'm comfortable in the highest possible sense of the word I'm fine speaking of someone took our advice and visited the Hotel Galvez this past weekend really they were very impressed. Apparently, they were very busy. But uh, oh, your girl! Shout out, yeah, shout out to Melissa for, um, from what it sounds like, took some time out of her day. Couldn't do a tour, but sat down, told some of the stories, showed the pictures. She was telling me about. She saw the pictures from the bathroom and the and the uh, the wedding reception, and uh, and then after that, they uh, went and had a drink at the bar. Went and walked around the fifth floor a little bit. Even made it up to the seventh floor. The boardroom was apparently open, so just waltzed right in and started saying, "Who the hell's up here? Just Show yourself." Talking smack. Huh? Yeah. No, when I saw when I saw Melissa's text that morning, I was like, "Oh man, that's unfortunate," but you know, yeah, that's how it goes. And then to hear her be like, "Oh, it's great." Yeah, yeah, that I was made worried. Me real happy. Yeah, because I I sat down and I was like, "Oh, I." Saw Melissa said she was busy and she was like, no, it was awesome. You know, got to sit down and talk to her for, oh, I don't know how long they talked, but, um, you know, it sounds like Melissa was Melissa and uh, oh, was great. Totally cool. And then 
I would. I, all I would say. All I said was, look. Even if even if nothing, just go and check out the hotel because like the place is hallowed ground. Pretty dope. You know, right. like it's it's a just a cool place to hang out. Even if you just go get a uh, drink at the bar, and uh, so worthwhile for the trip. I think. Yeah, it's that's cool. It's good to know. And randomly, I've been connecting with people. It seems like at a much quicker clip, and not necessarily just people, but like people who have something mm-hmm. to say. Um, which is. <laughs> It's just so random how all this stuff happens. But um, this guy, Kevin, who is just a really cool dude. We had been back and forth for a while, you know, and um, I knew he was in Texas and we had similar interest on some things and we ended up talking and he spent a lot of his youth down there mm-hmm. and Again, apparently when we were doing the live broadcast, like he was checking some of that out, but there was a lot going on. But he was telling me about seeing people on that beach that weren't there at night. He was like, I don't oh, have yeah? any idea how many nights I spent on that beach because they'd be out there fishing, you know, just kicking it. Like <laughs> formative years, kicking it on the beach. Yeah. You would see people. See people like walk up or walk by yeah, or something so, like that. I hadn't heard this angle to this story before. But so I guess, like after the hurricane, obviously there's just like thousands of bodies. And they needed something to do with them. And they loaded them up on ships, but it was so gross Mm -hmm. that really the only people that they could get to do the gig would be like drunken ship captains like (laughs) ship captains that were known for being drunks like the ones that you wouldn't want to get on a boat with to take you somewhere but like you know kind of the again the seedier angle so they paid these dudes and of course, they take the ships out, and they're just like, take them out there and dump the body. Well, they dump the bodies in the ocean, and the tide, Brings a couple of back. days later, they all wash up on the beach. <laughs> He's like, this is one of the things that you don't really ever hear about. It's like that thousands of corpses washed back up onto the beach after they had gone through and cleaned them all up. Yeah. I'm like, wow. That's bizarre. <laughs> Yeah. He was like, so you, you know, you totally understand why you would be just out there at night and think you see somebody and there's not really somebody there. Would he say that he'd see just a a figure or like people that he thought were people? I mean, like they looked like it wasn't just like a shape. It was a. Yeah, no, just he'd see people on the beach dressed in 1900s garb or was it? I don't know. At that point, do they have any clothes left? Uh, Who knows? Who knows? And they would just uh, vanish in, in front of them, or they yeah, or that like he would notice someone walking towards him, then see him again and notice they weren't getting any closer. Uh 
and then it's almost that kind of thing where it's like as soon as you realize what it is that you're seeing, then it's not there anymore yeah. kind of thing. Which is the way a lot of that stuff rolls. A lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Seems like it has that knowledge or foresight of being observed. But Did we get any response on the werewolf talk last week? Yeah, a, a lot. <laughs> a lot. Did the um, did the original storyteller hear it and say that we did that story justice? She actually told me that she didn't think that you believed her. That's not true. That's what I told her. I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, uh, he thinks I'm crazy. That's not true at all. That's what I told her. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to know. I, I'd love to know more about it, but that I I believe that. Or I believe that she she believes it. I don't think, you know, I mean, who knows what's going on, which may be where I fall. But uh, no, I don't I don't think something was has you believe that she saw something at least. Right. Yeah. I don't know what it I don't know. I don't know what it was. Yeah. uh, And that's kind of what I was telling her. But that was I thought it was really funny. I was I was like, no, not at all. And she's like, whatever, you know, but I think she's being a little coy. Yeah. But she's like. Again, think that shows like her amount of reservation of telling anyone that story mm-hmm. that she felt comfortable enough with me to tell me that. And then she knows she's hearing me tell you about it. And she's like, he didn't believe me. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Like immediately. But which I don't I, I mean, I guess I'll have to go back and listen, but I don't think I was giving off that vibe at all. But maybe who knows? Maybe just because I was asking questions. I don't know. I don't either. I don't either. But yes, I do. I do. I do believe you. And I'd really like to to know more. Well, there may. I think there's going to be opportunity for that soon. But man, I'm telling you, like. One thing that's happening is people are figuring out who Dadis Perry is. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's why there's like an influx. But. Uh, like I met this guy the other day who I think had sent me like a friend request a long time ago and I had quit looking at friend requests primarily because a lot of them were like Nimandim Baba Bimbo, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Just these random right. fake African people. <laughs> right. I don't get that shit. Or the girl who you have like one mutual friend with. Yeah. And I go and it's find that like, person, and I delete that motherfucker. <laughs> like, I don't want to be friends with that dude. And they've got like one profile picture. Mm-mm. So, but I met this dude who was actually used to work for Belo. Okay, who lives in Arizona, but makes his way through. And I'm just fascinated with the like the response. And actually, the guy who, I think it's cool to say his name is Alexander, at least his email profile is Alexander, the one who thought we were in here blowing rails, <laughs> and then heard us talking about blowing rails. Right, yeah. Sent me an email and was like, hey, man, I, you know, I was just thinking, you know, <laughs> know some radio people who have done that before. I mean, it's not be- out of the question, I guess, but. Especially not at this radio station. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I think it's. It's just kind of bananas as far as the 
a lot of the stories and stuff, having to kind of sift through a lot of that. And there's more of that to come. But folks did have some dogman stories that they shared. Yeah, and I had a dude uh, that I think you'd know him. Facebook know him probably. Mm-hmm. Um, who's like, I got a spot in East Texas. Somebody reaching out to me, asking me like if I could help them with cannabinoids. <laughs> For cancer, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's cool. People are, the interaction and stuff, things seem to be ramping up. So anyway, yeah. Uh, if you have tried to reach out to me specifically or just know this happens to be the most ridiculously busy time <laughs> of my life, know that a lot of times it may seem like we're busy a lot. This just happens to have been the last few weeks have just been nuts. And it's crazy because I've got other things going on, things they're trying to work on. I mean, dude, it's the about to be the anniversary of the howl, man. It's true. Yeah. Like it's like honest. The boggy. So I do have something on that. On the bogs? In conjunction with the anniversary of the Falcao. <laughs> but um, if you don't know already, or maybe you do, the location at which that occurred is the Boggy Creek Beehive Plantation. Mm-hmm. And they are launching their new website. And I was talking to Clint the other day, and they're going to roll out a little special package for us, for listeners of this show. If you are interested in some products, and again, they had just released a whole line of like some fancy soaps, and they obviously have the cool, the koozies that are really cool. And one side shows the Swamp Wookiee looking all haggard and the other side he's all quaffed yeah anyway um we're calling this the swamp wookie bundle (laughs) and uh you can get like a shirt a couple of stickers some lip balm the beard balm koozie and soap for 40 bucks that's like ten dollars off the top which is ridiculous for people who are doing this stuff just right out of their house so again if you uh if at the time that you hear this, I'm not still not sure if the website will be up, but on Facebook, Boggy Creek Beehive, Instagram, Boggy Creek Beehive, you can find them. Uh, and basically the ordering process is just hitting them up. So if you do so, hit them up with the Swamp Wookie Bundle and you'll get a good deal. And again, really cool. They finally, when they put the soap out, it was a, the... The design on the on the bar of soap. I don't know if I've shown it to you before, but it's like a bathtub and the Sasquatch in the bathtub. No, I haven't. It's great. They've been working on it for like eight months. Nice. Was, yeah, the bath squatch. <laughs> it's killer. They lean heavy into that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it's all. Well, I mean, about why it. wouldn't you? It's all about it. Yeah. So, but seriously, it's 
all natural homegrown. If you don't know already, we need to support the bees more than ever. And uh, so it's just really cool. Clinton and Emily, great people. In fact, I sent Monica and her husband over there the other day. They were in town for a book signing. Oh, yeah. And I was like, you know, you can go by and see where that howl happened. And <laughs> I just connected them. And they went over there. And sure enough, Clint's in his overalls on the porch. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, love Clint and Emily. And uh, again, yeah, it's one year. Has so, he heard anything else out there? Has he tried to conjure up the the wook at all? Well, you know, we went back in the summer, James and I. Yeah. And there was some stuff going on in and around that area, and then we went and ran around with Wayne. But there's still audio from that, right? Is that ever? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we did put some of it out. Mm-hmm. I can't keep up anymore, but. So funny because I was talking to Jarrah about this on the Into the Fray show mm-hmm. when I was telling Shannon that Jarrah had played the the howl to some elders, some native elders, and that their genuine, genuine consensus was that they heard me and it was like one of them reacted to me and the other one is like oh (laughs) you got caught but they were asking about the time of the year or whatever and to them it's like oh obviously it's mating season that's why that really so the birds and the bees (laughs) right now the birds and the boggy creek beehives so we seriously need to have a conversation about driving over there one day i mean we can do that in a day yeah yeah like we need to make that happen yeah um we could do that next month i haven't put in any vacation yet for next month yeah i mean we could do it on like a weekend day like yeah real soon like maybe just i mean even if we just go over there on a saturday afternoon when megan's done and come back on sunday like think about that Yep. She can go too, whatever, you know. Ain't trying to leave your girl high and dry. <laughs> Anybody can go, obviously. And they're cool as shit. But we should go there just specifically and right. maybe do some... I've been thinking hard about kind of doing the... A year ago. <laughs> dun, 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 in Arkansas. Do dun, some holding. Yeah. So... Now that I got all of that out of the way, shout out to everyone. Thanks for reaching out. Do more of that. And we've got reviews coming in and numbers are way up and things are good. Thank you. More coming. Yeah. So, all that being said. I'm one of the baddest motherfuckers of all time. One of the best singers, one of the best looking motherfuckers you've ever seen. Hold my drink, bitch. Tell him Fuck your couch, nigga. <laughs> Buy another one, you rich motherfucker. Fuck your couch, nigga. Fuck your couch. Darknesses, darknesses. I kicked the shit out of him. I'm Rick James, bitch. Enjoy yourself.
is extremely, extremely devastated to hear the news about Charlie Murphy. I didn't even know he was sick. No. I guess I hadn't really kept up with what he had going on the last year or so, but uh, I feel like I saw him pop up in something relatively recently, but I can't I can't think of what it was. It was just a TV interview of some sort, but yeah, I had no idea he uh, he had cancer. It's crazy how pivotal little things are in your life, you know, and people our age. Yeah. There's a big deal. This is our wheelhouse. And that goes, skews even younger than us, that that was a lot of people's first introduction to comedy. It was such a big deal that let's just be specific about the Rick James thing, which is almost so good that I think people like it beat people over the head. It was so good for a while. It's I, you cannot understate how impactful that was. I mean, that hit me. I was in college and I'm trying to remember the year. It was probably junior year of college um, or senior. Uh, I was here. So it was Oh three. I mean, it, it could have been either. It could have been, I, I'd have to look and see when that, that came out. It might've been the beginning of my senior year of college. And I mean, that was effing everywhere. Like you could not go to a bar without hearing that. I mean, I'm sure people our age or understand that, but if any, if any of the young people out there are listening were the old people, yeah, or the old people. I and mean, a lot that, of people are were not watching Dave Chappelle. Yeah, that thing hit like a sledgehammer. So, I was a big Dave Chappelle fan before he got his show. Yeah, via the movie. Speaking of college, he played GW twice while I was up there. Once my freshman year, so that was before the show and I everything. Believe that he's from DC. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so that was kind of cool to see that. So. When I heard that Dave Chappelle had a show coming out, I was on it immediately. And it was very early introductions of DVRs. So, I I mean, the first house I moved into in Dallas, I I remember it like it was yesterday. And that was, (laughs) this is as it's happening, right? Mm -hmm. So the week that the Rick James episode happens that weekend is my roommate's bachelor party. My roommate, William from Abilene. Also referred to him as the doctor. (laughs) Um, this is a man who is, has songs written about him. Legendary. <laughs> and it's, first of all, I'll state, I'm not a titty bar guy. Never have been. Always been really like, honey, put some clothes on before you talk to me <laughs> kind of thing. It's, it's a little uncomfortable. But this just so happened to be one of the times where it's like, there's a party going down and there's not much, you know, it's happening. Right. So we had friends down from Chicago. We have friends coming up from Austin. It was a serious, serious affair. Hotel rooms were booked over there at the uh, 
obviously Northwest Highway area, that El Centro or El Cinico. Oh, you mean over there like Northwest and 35? Right. The yeah. hotel with the, and it has the green on the sign. Yes, it looks it looks a lot fancier than it probably is. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> or this the name El, uh, Elegante, I believe it might the be Ella fucking Gante. <laughs> that's what it is. So you have to understand and that's strip club central in Dallas. Oh my God, you have to understand this group of people. This is like a people getting back together. That there was a reason that they had separated in terms of like. Everybody's still friends, but this group of people, like, they aren't good friends together, like, is trouble. Right. I mean, trouble. There's a person in this group who's, my God, I can't go down that route. (laughs) A lot of psychedelics, anything and everything's uh, in play. A lot of ins and outs. A lot of ins and outs. It's like a Jackie Treehorn party going on, you know? And so the the best part about it is, is that obviously there's like a core four of us or whatever that lots and lots and lots of time in Abilene doing lots and lots of formative things. And uh a couple of my friends came over, a couple of them came over to my place and we were, instead of everyone trying to drive over to that hotel, we had a party bus. Mm-hmm. This is a party bus whom one of these people owned, who he <laughs> hired a person to drive us around in a bus that he owned. Okay. A bus that was like a short person, like a short bus, yeah. like a special person school bus that they purchased in the state of New York while on fish tour the summer of 99. And they flew up there randomly. He sees this bus. He's like, I'm buying it. They drove that bitch all the way back from New York. <laughs> he rips all the seats out of it, puts benches in there, lining the thing, velvet carpet. Sounds pretty dope. Yeah. Now <laughs> people do that all the time. Yeah. He was the first one in Austin that was like, party bus, like disco ball. Like, I'll drive you around and you could do whatever you want to back there. Yeah. Kind of thing. So... They're, they all converge on my place over there in East Dallas. But so as as I want to do, I'm like, dude, you're not going to fucking believe what just happened on television last night. I'm like, what? I'm like, dude, this Dave Chappelle, just watch, just sit down and watch this. And that eight minutes of television, right? I mean... You're talking about, yeah, it was everywhere. Like, this is as fresh as fresh can be 12 hours after it had played. Yeah. I'm playing it in front of these guys. And hysterics. <laughs> Hysterical. Rick James, bitch. It's, it's so easy to forget. Like, it's so overplayed at this point that it's just, it's it's not even, it's almost like not even funny anymore. But like at the time, that was the, that was the funniest shit I had ever seen. No, I mean it was one of the hysterical. baddest, one of the baddest motherfuckers of all time. <laughs> you know, just all the lines that Rick James was saying, right? So, bachelor party ensues. The only thing I remember from being at the Tate bar that we were at was that <laughs> I uh, 
I was flying on lysergic acid dithalamine, flying. And a woman came and sat on my lap and I just looked at her and I was like, no, thank you. And she goes, too much cocaine. And I was like, no, honey. And she's just like, her hair is like in my eyes. I'm like, no, you, you don't understand. You do not look attractive to me right now. You look like a crack whore. And um, so obviously the bar is closed. The party goes to the Elegante. And I specifically remember this moment when it was like, we, we had completely run through every bit of everything that we had in terms of alcohol. And it was like, we got to go somewhere and get some beer, you know, or get some, like, we need drinks. Yeah. Like, we're clearly we're wired. <laughs> Again, if you don't understand, vials of that liquid will do that stuff to you. You are like, yes. Woo! Ready to go. Clear-headed, you know, not hammered, just... And lots of laughter, nothing out of control, but just uh, some of the coolest people. Again, a, a collection of, to this day, legendary individuals just all the same place again, same time, in a really altered state. Like, what are we going to do? Well, thought about going down to the store and pulling the old grab a couple of 30 packs and throw some cash down and just walk out with it. You uh -huh. know, the sorry man, which we had done in college, but you know, some of these guys are family men at this point, you know, established, respected members of society <laughs> who can't, who can't, you know, I'm trying to break into the radio business in Dallas. We can't be getting hassled for stealing beers. Sure. It can't be. Well, two weeks prior to this, I had an accident in my car, just dumb, pulling out of the park at market, looking over my left shoulder, slammed right into a beer truck. Like <laughs> it was just parked right there. Like I don't, you know, Yeah, you know exactly where I'm talking about. Yeah, like yeah. they parked that gigantic Bud Light truck and I just pulling out, looked to my left and turned right, <laughs> bam, into it. and I had to get my car towed. So this dude who comes to my car, like he is epic, He's bigger than me, funny. When I asked him like what I owe him, he was real shady about what I, what he would take as a payment. <laughs> and, um, I talked to him on the, <laughs> like he came by the, came by my house and dropped my car off. He had to take it somewhere to get it fixed. And, you know, will you bring it back by? And and he was like, man, uh, it's cool if you don't have the payment. I own the... And for the life of me, and we've been having this group text since Charlie passed away, where all of these people who are involved in this story are going back and forth, and we can't think of the name of this place. Fix that. It, it, it was called something number two. And it was a bar, and it's Northwest Highway. Obviously, uh, Keller's is right there. So think across. Oh, the all the way down, all the way down there. Think across the street from Keller's, where that like Taco Bell and that yeah, yeah. fried chicken, that Williams chicken is right there. Mm -hmm. 
that back behind shopping there? center. Like oh, the one where of the Aldi's is, like, is now. Yeah, but behind that. Okay. Like think if you're going east on Northwest Highway, where Williams Chicken is. Like so, you go past that shopping center where Aldi's is. Uh huh. Back there. Back in there. Okay. There's like a Mexican club back there or something. Okay. On the side of that building, so like not facing Northwest Highway, but like there's a back parking lot back there. There's a bar back there. Is it still there? Tucked away. No. (laughs) No. And and for the life of me, we can't we How did you get all the way over there from I wasn't there. He owned that bar. Oh, oh, okay. So he's like, come by, and you can come by and pay me. I run this bar. Okay. Right? So, <laughs> realize I'm like just down Northwest Highway, you know? I'm just on the other side of White Rock. Yeah. So I go over there one afternoon and to pay him, and I'm like, this place like redefines dive bar. I'm like, this is perfect, man. And this dude loves me. You know, he's like pouring me a drink. Man, man, it was tough what happened and better da. <laughs> so I'm like, we need to go there. Like, I'm trying to think in my head, like this if is back to if the there's a Rick bar that's open right now, like we we're trying to think when. Like, what's the earliest possible time in the morning on a Saturday morning that you can get alcohol? Because, you know, they won't sell it to you until 7. Yeah, I was going to say 6 or 7. I don't remember. I think it's 7. But we're like, we want to get liquor. Liquor stores don't open at that time. Yeah. I'm like, we need to go and see if this bar is open. Now... It dry, it's driving me. It was like KC's number two or something, like some random name. We get over there. And that's quite a ways from the Elegante. Yeah, yeah. Quite a ways. But again, it's a good drive. A, a couple of us just live right down the road. So whatever. And again, we're flying. The amazing thing is, this is before 8 o'clock in the morning. That's that's all I know is it was before 8 o'clock in the morning. There are about 20 people in that bar. <laughs> There's a band playing in that bar. Called, wow. called, by the way, The Bar Flies. Okay. And every single person in that bar is a biker. Oh, wow. Men and women. I mean, leather and the whole bit. This is an epic scene that you've stumbled into. But you was know, it a biker bar or was it just? I mean, it was the, it was well, that morning. It was. This is a shady fucking place, right? And in walk, there were at least six of us there. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm losing the number of like when I try to think of who exactly was there. Like I know the core six that were there, but probably couldn't look any more different than the clientele that was the, that was already established, dude. This is how it began. <laughs> I walk up to the bar and like my group, because obviously I've been there. Like I know the owner of this place. Yeah, You basically <laughs> run the joint now. Yeah. I mean, come on. He, I'm ready. I walk up to the bar and there's at least like 
there's at least like five people like on bar stools at this bar and the bar is pretty long and this girl cute cute little teenage girl you know <laughs> young girl comes up and she's like what can i get you to drink and i go what do you like <laughs> and she goes well i like sex on the beach and i was like all right that's what we'll have early 2000s it's like sex on the beaches all the way around so imagine this scene as like i'm passing sex on the beaches back to people but here's the kicker rick james bitch <laughs> one of the baddest motherfuckers of all time charlie murphy show come here bitch show charlie murphy your titties you know i mean it's one after another one after a fucking another and like I'm face to face with one of the, you think I'm funny. Some of these people, I'm like face to face with these folks. Like we're just like baddest motherfuckers of all time. <laughs> just out of our mind. Darkness. Drinking big ass pink sex on the beaches in a hardcore ass biker bar. Right. And all of a sudden, I get this, like, I get this feeling. And again, my Jedi powers were heightened at this moment. There's a woman two stools down from me. Did she look like she was probably 60? But she could have been 40. Like, the leather that she was wearing on her body was nothing compared to how leathery her mm -hmm. skin was, you know? And she's got... It's the darkest of brown liquor, neat. And she's like, looks like a bunch of pushies to me. Oh. And I like hear it and I'm like, yeah, of course we look like we're pussies or drinking sex on the beach. Yeah. And I turn around and my friends are all around me and I notice everyone in that bar is just mad dogging us. <laughs> and I, I mean, it, like, is the owner there? Is your boy there? Never saw him. Yeah. Never saw him. And it starts to dawn on me like, oh my God, what are we doing? What, like, have, what have you walked into? I'm like, again, have this like moment of realization sobering up like so fast. But like, holy crap. Is the band still playing at this point? <laughs> That's the funny <laughs> thing. Like, it really almost just in my mind, it's like record needle, you yeah. know, but. None of them had yet picked up on it. Yeah. I'm turning, like, and I'm looking around. And I slowly turn back around to the bar, and I'm, like, thinking about what to do. And Koontz grabs my shoulder, and he's like, he's like, Charlie Murphy! Like, really loud. And I look at him, and I was like, and we got to get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> and he's like, why? All of a sudden, he's, like, real concerned. He's like, he's like what? oh, yeah. what's the problem? He hasn't picked up on it yet. And I was like, look around us, motherfucker. It's like these people are not feeling Rick James. <laughs> that was my words to him. <laughs> these people are not feeling Rick James. And all of a sudden, it was six white kids in a movie from the eighties that have just stumbled it. I mean, darknesses. <laughs> there was no darkness in there, but you know, it was darkness was being thrown our mm -hmm. way. A heavy atmosphere. All of a sudden, it's like cash money on the bar. Like we're over tipping the girl, you know, like, let's get out of here kind of thing. Right. And now it's legendary. Like, 
my buddy. How long were you in there? Good, dude, Total. like an hour at least. Like, oh, really? That long? Dude, multiple rounds. Like, okay, okay. That's what I'm I saying. Thought it was, I thought this was almost immediate. No, we walked up and posted up in this place like, <laughs> one of the baddest motherfuckers of all time, you know? And like enough to where when I started to realize like, holy shit, we've been standing here at this bar while this band is playing and all these bikers... Like, it, like, there's no telling. Like, it was about to go the fuck down, right? I'm shocked somebody hadn't said something to you earlier. And you know what? Or you hear that international sign for a bar fight, which is like a stool on hardwood. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We were... the Probably the most intimidating thing about us was the fact that we were doing what we were did doing. did not give a fuck. It did not give a fuck. And I'm sure a lot of those people had been in enough wild situations where you could look us in the eye and we look three shades of crazy. You know, I mean, we're all yeah. pupils as big as can be. <laughs> I mean, it, it might as well have been San Francisco in the sixties right there with yeah. us, you know, and that gives you just a lot of brazen. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. And and I'm sure that was like off putting, but at the same time, they're like, well, these guys are these guys are really confident about something. I mean, what the fuck are these dudes? Can you imagine? We're drinking, and why this girl at this horrible biker bar is making us sex on the beaches like it's her life? Like, and that's the other thing. Like, she thinks we're the shit. You know, like she's well, used to she's think used about to her having, life for yeah, a minute. The rattiest motherfuckers of all time. <laughs> In there, and then the baddest motherfuckers of all time are standing at the bar, and I'm sure that wasn't helping anything. And and I mean, we are seriously holding the tall kinds of glasses that do not, when you hold them, exude manliness. Right. But it all comes back to me, like hearing that woman just being like, "Yeah, a bunch of pushy mate," <laughs> and I was like, oh. "You know," it was and like it cut through everything else. Dude, we couldn't have. We got out of there, and once we got out of there, I don't know that I have not laughed as hard as I've laughed. Like, I got cramps in my stomach thinking about it the other day. And Coots was like, this is all going on in our, like, text message chain the other day. Yeah. Like, Charlie Murphy death day. I'm pulling up a text message with everyone that was there. And we're, like, all of a sudden, just, like, people that I hadn't heard from, you know, I'm like, couple months and people dinging in from all over the world. Yeah. They're like, only thing I remember is Clint pissed some old lady off real bad. And <laughs> then Kurtz is like, I remember there being a really small child in the bar. And was that there? band, my God, that band. And what were like, they playing? Do you remember? Dude, it was just, I mean. Was it like blues type oh stuff? Oh, God, or? yes. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to besmirch any like. Really good blues bands, but I mean, it was probably cheap sunglasses or something. Uh, yeah. I, the best part about this is, Matthew, couple, maybe like two months, three months later, I lived with a, with a girl and a guy in Dan McDowell's old house. <laughs> And uh, I'm, I, we just want to go get a drink. And I'm like, let's go over there to. I'm starting to think that it was called like Casey's Number Two. I'm not sure, but and you're positive it's not there anymore. Yeah, pretty positive. 
I'm all. I'm, there's no fucking way they would have a website. Even no, I was just gonna pull up a, a map. Yeah, I mean that Mexican club's not open even. I don't even think that Williams Chicken is there anymore. It's uh, a smoke no. shop now. It's it, like a. Is it the barbecue place now? Or no, it's the smoke. Oh, the actual smoke shop. You mean? Yeah, like down from that Baker's. Yeah, right here. Okay, so. Yeah, so that's the that's the shopping center with the Aldi's. There's the KFC. Is it back where this place called New West is? A hopping Tejano nightclub. <laughs> yeah, it's so okay. So this is Northwest Highway. Yeah. So it's like this side right here. Okay, so there's multiple. Yeah. No, it's like seriously, this is the shittiest looking. Oh yeah, yeah. Area. It it was just like there was a door right there. <laughs> okay, but it gets better. So. The last time that you would think that would be the last time I would have gone into said bar. Oh no, no, because Clint, man, I still know the owner of this place, and he wasn't there. So for whatever reason, Daniel and I are like, let's go over there and have a drink. When was this? Like just a couple months after this. Okay, because I was, we were in that house for, I don't know if it like obviously a full calendar year. If not two, I'm not sure. But anyway, was this a more appropriate time to go drinking? It's just like a Tuesday night. And yeah. It was dark outside. Okay, that's fair. And we walk in, sit down. We're the only people there. And there's a bartender. And that's it. And we get our drinks. And we're just sitting there talking like one stool away from each other, you know. And start hearing this voice getting loud in the back. Fine. Fine. You know what? Fine. You want it? Fine. And in comes the dude who owns the place. Remember I told you, he's bigger than me. Yeah. I see this dude as he comes around like where you would think the bathroom would be. Like maybe there's an office back there. But really there's just like... It's the other side of the building or like the alley or Uh homeboy grabs like four chairs from a table and he's like, you want it? Take it. Fucking take it all. He proceeds to throw every chair (laughs) that is in that bar out that back door. Every fucking one of them starts at the tables and then he comes to the bar and Daniel and I are just like side looking at each other and he's screaming at some woman and I can hear the woman in the background, but I, I don't remember ever seeing her because I was like focused on him. He's barstool, barstool. Fuck it. Take it all. Fuck it, bitch. Fucking take it. He's throwing every fucking seat out until he grabs the one in between Daniel and I. And throws it from there through the door. And did anyone he say anything to you? No. <laughs> <laughs> like we were not there. And I just I looked at Daniel and I was like, I guess we should go. <laughs> like, <laughs> we gotta have in this moment. Like, be what like, the fuck are we gonna do? Be like, you want these two? <laughs> we seriously stood up, you know, slid a five each across the bar. 
backed away from the stool and he just walked right between us, grabbed both of them, fuck it, you know, throwing those. <laughs> and as we're going out the door, it sounded like he was throwing tables next. Like you could hear like good. Maybe maybe you were there the last night it was open. Dude, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think somehow I witnessed the death of that place. That's bizarre. I remember when after the after the bachelor party, I remember at some point when we were in the bus, maybe going back over to the Elegante, and William, for whom the bachelor party was being held, looked at me and he goes, Can you imagine what number one must be like? <laughs> Classic line. <laughs> so it's so funny if you look at the Facebook and my little post about that. William's wife is like, we were actually talking about how how hard of a day this must have been for you. <laughs> His wife, you know, like, yeah, she knows the mayhem, and that seriously, people tell you know, you get into situations and things become popular, and like. That's one of the things that I swear I'm one of the reasons it got popular because immediately 10 of the coolest people on the planet scattered and were like, check it. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder what number one must be like. That was a great line. Rick James, bitch. <laughs> Just the silliness of the baddest motherfucker of all time. Like, we cry laughed about that for years. Years. I mean, you know, these are dudes that see for long times coming. And, oh, man. And so the funny thing was that the way that Charlie delivered those stories and everything, like, like he was a genius. Like mm -hmm. the I took to the art of storytelling in the way that he would, so much so that if there was any other situation, I would have told you that it was mad niggerish because <laughs> <laughs> it was just the opposite of mad nigger. Man, we met up with Rick. He was mad niggerish. <laughs> like that dude that owned the place. Is anything but mad niggerish. But. Yeah, sounds like it. So classic. And I just wish. That's another thing. Of all the. But it makes sense, though. Think about what happens at Keller's on the weekend right there. Yeah. I mean, it's a scene. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I don't I don't go over there on the weekends hardly at all. I mean because it's it's almost intimidating. They have like the classic car thing and then all the bikes show up at one point. It's a weird scene over there. Imagine taking your ass with four or five of your buddies to Kellers and you're all wearing <laughs> button-down pink polo shirts. Uh-huh. And you just go stand right in the middle of them as you drink a stew food drink and start screaming. Him. I'm Rick James, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the insanity of that whole situation. And again, I think the only thing that saved us was the force field of like, 
you know, it's that thing where people have always said, like, you know, you just act like you belong there. Or right. Like you just you can get away with anything. You yeah. Know, if you just act, you can almost, you know, it's that do or do not. There is no try. It's if like you just do. Like it's like animal. Out. It's like animals at that point. Like you, if they noticed any sort of sign of weakness, they would have pounced. Right, but they're like, not only is it not a sign of weakness, it's like, whoa. <laughs> to, I mean, to this day, it blows my mind how that at any and it had to have come back to the fact that that dude had at least been to the front door of my house, and I remember him calling me on my cell phone and being like. You know, I got your car. I'm coming by and walking up to the door. And that's when he was like, you know, you, you know, I don't take checks. You know, do you got cash? And I'm like, no. He's like, well, I own this. It it, it, it had to have been Casey's too. Like two, like Roman numeral. Uh-huh. Oh, man. The bodiness of Charlie Murphy. Oh, <laughs> Charlie Murphy liked that story, you know? I think so. I I can't imagine how he wouldn't. Especially if there has to be, there has to be like photographic evidence of that crew somewhere. I'll see if I could dig it up. I can get pretty close, but Mm -hmm. a lot of those people that were involved in that directly, you've heard me talk about before. This is... You know, welcome to New Orleans players. <laughs> Dudes who just know how to roll into a town. And, I, but I was reflecting on thinking about his delivery of those stories. And, you know, not just that one, but the Prince story. And it was legendary as well. Really cultural high points in a lot of sense. The, and, I didn't know that like he had written Norbit, even though Eddie Murphy starred in it. Mm. And I mean, I liked Eddie, you know, it'd be yeah. great. But Eddie was also a little bit before. Like Eddie was almost too raw when I was a little kid. Yeah. And I remember listening to raw on a tape and being like, Oh my God, can you believe you're saying that? <laughs> Going to goo hoo. <laughs> but Hearing those stories. And it was like, he revitalized Rick James to the point where the next thing you know, the very first show that I worked on at the ticket was Big Dick's Wild Ass Circus. Mm. Fucking Rick James was like his best man at his wedding. And it all happened because of that. Like bringing Rick James out, like, uh, (laughs) you know, Big Dick had a way of, Big Dick Hunter had a way of getting like random people. Dan Haggerty, TV's Grizzly Adams. <laughs> like that really was just like wacky ass scene yeah. going on with that radio show. But that whole, like it revived Rick James. Yeah, absolutely. Completely. To the point where it, I'm not sure that I don't think he ever made it to Maple, but. I mean, he was definitely at events with Big Dick, but I think all of that stuff took place at the Bunny Ranch. <laughs> as Where, it, as, as it should, as I last heard, he's actually the promotions, promotional director, director of whatever. 
first impressions for the Bunny Ranch. Oh, that's quite a job. <laughs> Suited him well. <laughs> it's a good one. I don't, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to diminish it by furthering. So it. So it's Easter weekend, right? Mm-hmm. It's Good Friday. Which basically means like Thursday is really Good Friday because everyone, the way that people are acting outside, it it was like it was Friday today. Yeah. There is no way that I would have just been like, oh, yeah, it's not going to be any big deal to drive down there. I would have planned. I should have planned my attack far in advance. Yeah, it's like a weekend out there So right now. Maybe, maybe I think maybe I invented this because people don't seem to be getting it. Have you ever heard me talk about the gingerbread Jesus tomb? No, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Pretty much, I think we invented the gingerbread Jesus tomb. Okay, that that's our Easter tradition. It's to build the. We build the tomb made of gingerbread, and we make a big old ball of gingerbread that you can roll in front of it. Yeah. And the first time we made one, it fit the bobblehead Jesus that we have. So, I mean, it was big. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know. It's sizable. I think it all came, oh, man. In some kind of fury, I launched on the fact that Obviously, how does Jesus feel about the fact that around his birthday, people are building houses with gum drops on them and right, skittles yeah. on the roof and right. what have you? Why don't we do it this now? This is a tradition for that. Yeah. There's another big day that maybe Jesus would be like, hey, why, why'd you build houses of gingerbread in the Easter time? Sure. And it must have all been spawned by the fact that we had like some you know gingerbread kit that we had picked up at some point. Because there was no way you could eat this gingerbread. Like, I mean, it really did turn out to be like rock hard. Mm-hmm. Hey, now, but yeah, you want to do something special with your kid instead of taking him to see a creepy dude in an Easter bunny costume? <laughs> Build a gingerbread Jesus tomb with him. Mm-hmm. Teach him something. Teach him something. <laughs> the only thing that I can think of about that is the old uh, Colbert bit about. You know, he would have the war on Christmas, but he would do the war on Easter thing and the tomb would roll back like the ball would roll back and he would come out and shoot guns from behind the rock. It was one of the best graphics ever. It yeah. was just. But I I mentioned it today around mixed company, just the, all right, well, I'm going to go put together my gingerbread Jesus tomb as I walked out the blaze and people were like, what? (laughs) 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 Getting the over the shoulder turn, like gingerbread Jesus makes perfect sense to me. I don't know. Did you look at any of those uh, spooky? um... Yeah, I, I, I looked through some of them. I didn't get a chance to read all of them, but. I did look through some of them. Creepiest Easter bunny in history has to be Easter bunny from movie. Donnie Darko. Oh, yes. That is a very creepy bunny. Right? Yeah. Did I tell you 
that when we went to uh, restoration, the pickers place or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think I did because I did get you something there, but it's just like they have like all these old ass postcards. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> okay. You know? Yes. Yes. Postcards that like people had sent to people and stuff. So there's writing on them? Yeah, some yeah. of them. Like some like we were reading one of them and it was like, it's okay for you to contact me now. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> this stuff is like, you know, twenties and thirties and late eighteen hundreds. But it makes me think about going and looking back at pictures and stuff of from the seventies and those Easter bunnies that just they don't look right. No. Like the old school Halloween costumes, you know? Yeah. Well, you, like the the plastic mask yeah, even, things or even before that? Yeah, like the ones we post, you know? Yeah, yeah. I have a ball around Halloween just with oh, the like, so people just putting just like... The, they're basically like... They look like Scarecrow from the first Chris <laughs> Nolan Batman. Right, yeah. You know, where it's, it's just, just like, like a burlap sack, essentially, <laughs> over your face. Yeah, with some sort of strange thing drawn on it or sewed on it. Yeah, or just like, yeah, it's just like eyeballs and burlap sack. And then the sack that they would carry around for candy practically looked like it had soap in it. Like, so they could like whoop your ass with it <laughs> on top of everything else, you know. So this is one other thing about Easter that cracks me up and makes me think about things. I know that I've mentioned this before. Uh, at least like hearing Phil Hendry. We had a conversation about Phil Hendry. Uh, no, I don't think so. You know who Phil is? Yeah, yeah. Radio host. Mm-hmm. I know I told you Steve hired him in Miami. Okay. Phil Does Hendry, a lot of voices. If you, yeah, would do guests, like fake guests. Yeah. And I famously, The weekend. After 9-11, driving to Austin, consequently, after having been in loose stare at the night before, driving to Austin that night, post 9-11, flipping through the AM radio dial, catching the sky, talking to this lady about how attractive Osama bin Laden is. <laughs> and he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, what do you mean, what am I talking about? Just look at him. Wouldn't you just like to spit on that nose? And he's like, oh my gosh, come on, please. And people are calling up and, you know, they're like, listen here, bitch, that is crazy. You're going to, America, you know, just people are fired up. And I'm like, who is this lunatic? Right. And then there would be like two minutes in an hour where the Phil Hendry like show promo would roll. Where it was like, get the best of Phil Hendry. Where you're like, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This is all the same dude. He's doing yeah. these like, has this button to make go from like putting the call effect on the microphone. Right. Like telephone. He would do it voice. all live, you know? And he was a super smart dude. Like he was just like a regular talk show host when Steve met him and developed into this where he almost. Like a lot of what we do with playing with callers, that was kind of his thing. Where he's yeah. Just like, you people are insane. So here's how we're going to fuck with you. Well, uh, I, I, w- I was immediately stricken with him, but same situation, middle of the night, I'm AM dialing it. Can't find a good coast to coast, or it was always like before coast to coast. 
but <laughs> he's got this dude on there who is from cops, citizens on patrol, citizens or it <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make any sense, but you know, citizens on patrol. He's a member of this group called cops, citizens on patrol. And what they are doing people, I don't know. This sounds kind of crazy. And I'm wondering what you were thinking. And again, Again, Dan Miller is here with me. He's from the group is again COP Citizens on Patrol. Uh, Dan, why don't you explain to the people what it is again that you're doing this Easter? And he's like, "Well, uh, I'll tell you, Phil. What we're doing is we're going to malls and places where people buy toys for children, and you know we are uh, basic Americans, and 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 you know Easter is about a chocolate bunny." <laughs> I mean, maybe a Cadbury egg, you know, maybe a plastic egg with a piece of chocolate in it. But what people are doing these days, and I don't know when this started, but it's kind of the degradation of our society is people are buying their kids video games. Video games. Again, Easter is not about video games. And you know why we're against people buying their kids video games and high, high dollar toys is again, you know what? You know what my kid has to do then? The Monday after Easter Sunday, they have to go to school. And guess what? Little Johnny, he's happy. He got himself just an Easter chocolate bunny, for God's <laughs> sakes. And you know what? That son of a bitch sitting next to him, he's over there talking about how he's got the latest Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> no way. You're not going to put down my kid. So what me and my group are doing, we're going out, positioning ourselves in malls, we're making citizens arrests against people who are purchasing video games and or any other high dollar toy. It's like, how would you even know that someone was buying a toy just for an Easter basket? He's like, there's a window. There's a window when you buy toys for Easter. <laughs> and dude, can you imagine the yeah. phone calls? Oh, yeah. And again, you're just flipping through the dial. And these guys, listen here, you son of a bitch. You liberal piece of shit. You just, you just try. I remember somebody be like, I'm going right now. You try to stop me. You know, just fine, fine. You're sure, look, I'm calmer than you are, dude. You know, and he just, he would, it was just so fucking genius. And that started me immediately. I, I would start razzing people about getting the fancy Easter gift. Like, how do you think that makes other kids feel? Uh-huh. <laughs> If ever there was a liberal POS, that would be it. That would that be would be it. it. Yeah. How do you think Johnny feels? <laughs> oh, it's gold. So anyway, happy Easter, everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm planning on getting this out in a decent amount of time. So getting this turned around. Um, sorry if this evening wasn't too wolfian for you, or that's all right. Spooky dookie. But we'll have more to come. Sometimes that's just how we roll. And we had important things to discuss. Yeah. I started trying to, uh, trying to think of the best way to honor Charlie. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Yeah. Why don't you tell everyone where they can do the things? Um, well, again, a reminder of the, what is it called? The Swamp Wookiee Bundle? Yeah, 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 yeah. If um, Moggy Creek Beehives. And again, it sounds silly. The only reason we're calling it the Swamp Wookiee thing is that was kind of Clint and I's, Clint Harris's 
back and forth about sure. the thing. But it's killer. You'll love the logo. I mean, their stuff is all high class. It's uh, And t- high quality stuff. Yeah. T-shirt, lip balm, beard balm, some of the soaps, which they have various... Like they have different kinds now at this point. The Bath Squatch. And um, basically the Swamp Wookie Bundle is 40 bucks, which is like $10 off. And that's your code word. So if you tell them you want the Swamp Wookie Bundle, they know that we sent you there. And you won't be disappointed, I promise. The koozie alone almost is made out of like, I don't know. I've never, it's the best koozie I've ever had. Yeah. It's like it's high praise burlap, basically like in a weird way. Yeah. Just really awesome folks doing yeoman's work. Clint has other full-time job, but again, the bees, they bees important. So. <laughs> Hit them up folks. Uh, you can find us at oktalkshow.com. You can email us at oktalkpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can message us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash oktalkshow. Swing by, like the page, like some of the stuff we put up. Did you see that video I put up about the lawsuit against Warner Brothers? I don't know if you caught that bit of news. Fascinating bit of news. You put it up on our page? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like a week ago now, or last Saturday, I guess it was when I when I saw it. Oh, that was that was movie day. <laughs> so no, no uh, I didn't. Real quick, there's a there was a guy who had who he had released the book about the Warrens, the uh, Lorraine. Yeah, yeah, Ed and Lorraine Warren, um, and uh, and then Warner Brothers had gone on to make these the Conjuring movies and Annabelle, um. And they say based off the war in case files. So this this author back in I think he the the book was released in the nineties, and he claimed that he had a, an agreement to have the you know the publishing rights or the distrib or whatever it is the the right to tell the, their stories. Right. So he hits up Warner Brothers and says, "Hey, what's going on here? I've got the I've got these rights." Yeah, and they write back, "Well, you can't." You don't have any copyright over this because these are historical facts. And he's like, all right. So he files a suit and he says, you got to prove to me for $900 million. He says, prove to me these are historical facts. Basically saying, Warner Brothers, why don't you prove that ghosts are real? Why don't you prove that there are witches? Why don't you prove that there's a haunted doll? Let's go to court about this. Which I'm, I guarantee it's going to be settled out of court. Uh, but... It's an, it's hopefully an for them. Yeah, it's an interesting case. Nonetheless, he's like, all right, if you're telling me these are historical facts, then let's prove that ghosts are real. How about it's pretty well, that's, fascinating that's what the ghost brothers are trying to do. That's true. Maybe they'll maybe they'll get to beat them to the punch. Which, by the way, quick update. Ghost brothers moving back to destination America. I think um, the network higher ups decided that it probably wasn't a best good idea. <laughs> To just randomly sprinkle the shows. Like, why have a channel that basically is all paranormal all the time and then have a channel that doesn't have anything but boom. They, they Ghost were Ghost Brothers. Yeah. Um they were pa- I, I couldn't they were packaging that show weird too. Well, which you know, were, the it was other, a little confusing. The other thing, this is even weirder, is that 
this is all happening during the NCAA basketball tournament, the release of the show. And we couldn't get TLC. We could get it, but it was all, it was like we had a satellite dish. Oh, yeah. Which, what's the point of being on anywhere if within the first five minutes, you're getting, it's just the yeah. scratch, you know, scratch view. Hmm. So I, th- I do think it's, you know, and hey, man. Well, like, it didn't matter where they are. That's a good show. No, and he's cool with it and everything, but did want to let you mention that to prove ghosts are for real. <laughs> That's what they're out there doing, man. Mm-hmm. They have some sweet new toys. And I want to go ahead and just say something else. I think I told you. I watched three or four episodes of Ghost Adventures. Uh, new were, episodes? That were new, that were yeah. all from March. And it was some of the best stuff that I've ever seen them do. They clearly, clearly have a new producer. Clearly. And have they, I haven't watched. It went from being the silliest thing. I, you, you know how I felt about it. Like how I was yeah. saying the, the try hard thing. It went from being that to completely creeping me the flip out. Because I do believe, and nobody can look and act like Zach and not get people's attention, (laughs) dead or alive. Uh, There's some really bizarre banana places that I had not heard about before. And almost all of the ones in a row were all Native American. Mm -hmm. There was some tie to the land. And one of them being this nunnery up in this valley in Utah where uh, the Catholic Church owned it. Something happened. Anyway, it became like a retreat for nuns. And the whole episode, it's great. Really good stuff. But the weird thing about it was, that, and then there was like a real life, this was a place where kids there in Utah would go for Halloween, because it was like up in the mountain. Yeah. There's a spooky camp, basically. And these kids were abducted up there. There was like three dudes who like hogtied them and put them in a room. And like they all thought they were going to die. It made the papers and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give too much away. The crazy thing is, is right before this happened, this kid said that they saw this big ass wolf with red eyes. And one of the things about that area is this is like a a thing in that area. Seeing the wolf? Seeing this wolf with red eyes. Which sufficiently affected me. Well, yeah, good. I mean, because... Like I, I mean, like I had mentioned in that interview with Dalen, I felt like the show had just gotten way too produced, and they were manufacturing conflict at all, whether it be between the cast members or between the cast members and the ghosts or something. There was always some sort of thing going on that always felt like it was forced. I want to say some of the best evidence 
that I've seen them pull came in that run. Mm-hmm. They have this really cool toy that's this full spectrum camera that is bananas and really excites me about the possibilities of. So I didn't know the stuff like the millimeter, which I think they were the first person that I ever heard them use that term, the millimeter. And then there's another one. That was like a scientist who invented that. And the reason it's called like the mel meter is that it was named after his daughter who had passed away. And, and he, he was trying to, to try contact, contact her. her. Yeah. But I think it's cool that like there's all these devices that people are kind of putting together to, for lack of a better term, prove that ghosts are for real, I guess. You yeah. Know, or whatever. But there's some really cool picture things in those episodes that are, again, if something, if I catch something, I'm like, Matt, (laughs) yeah, Uh, you know, you know, if I'm sending you a text in the middle of the night, it's like, dude, you got to check this out because I think it's legit. Um, I'm going to find it. That's on anywhere. We just dropped our cable. So, uh, oh, I, I immediately found it online. Okay. I'll just say. Right. I shouldn't say, but I'll just say <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah. Like Google is good at stuff. Yeah. Well, and, that, but I wonder, I mean, like you, Mashable is a, inf- like that particular episode. I found it online and sent it to someone. Okay. All right. Well, I'll have to, I'll have to look that so up. So you went cableless. Yeah. It had just been, uh, I've been getting into arguments with AT&T for the last few months. They're, and uh it's fucking crazy like i don't even have at&t except on the phone side mm-hmm. and our beef with them is the bundle thing if you have at&t on your phone they took away the unlimited service right unless you have direct tv yeah which is it's bizarre like and, and it's not bizarre <laughs> but it's it's <laughs> it's it's bullshit it's corporate bullshit <laughs> yeah what it is um and yeah i kept, I kept running into a similar problem where I talked to one guy and he'd say, okay, like a retentions guy. And he'd say, okay, we're, we're offering, this was after our bundle ran out a couple of months ago. I said, Hey, is there anything we can do? You know, cause it jumps like 70 bucks or something like that. Those are, what can we do? And he says, all right, I'll do this and this and this. And he gets it taken care of and he gets the credit on the, on the thing. We pay so much. And then the next month it's right back up to where it was. And I call them back and they're like, oh, well that guy just applied a one-time credit. He didn't do anything. He just applied a one-time credit he didn't actually give me any, you know, set me up on a new bundle like he said he would. Did he sound like this? Hello, my name is Timothy, <laughs> and you have been calling the AT&T. No, I've actually yes, had really can good... I help you with anything, hip brother? <laughs> I've actually had some fairly good luck when it comes to who I'm speaking to. And um, so finally, yeah, like uh, three weeks ago, I was I just called him. I said, F it. I don't want. I don't want the TV anymore. I like it. Like I like I like having the TV. I like being able to tur- turn it on. But I but I'm okay without it. You guys have Netflix? Yeah, and I've I mean, we're saving Well, dude, I can like 130 bucks a month or something like that. It's retarded how expensive it is. Obviously, in the middle of the move, we've had conversations about pulling the plug for a long time. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I've long held that the moment that I physically watched a dude unplug my cable when I was in college was like one of the best things that ever happened to me. Like I watched him out the window while I was on the phone with someone. Yeah. Like there goes the cable there. You turn 
I mean, you got antennas. Sports was always the thing with me that I wanted to make sure that I could get. But now, I mean, that shit's coming online. Yeah, it's amazing. And the other thing is, again, uh, the, the dude that created Cox Cable, um, buddies with those two kids. Mm-hmm troublemakers they were because they were trust fund babies that their <laughs> grandfather and started but the reason that he got out of the business was that he was like that's where this is going quick is that they they're seemingly working together i mean it's shady yeah there's a law that says that you can't have the commercials louder than the programs and they're still are louder and just that alone makes me insane <laughs> yeah i i you know, I'm I'm having to figure out like what I'm gonna do going forward. I'll probably end up signing up for that HBO. I got a couple of service and well, and I got a thing. Okay, for you too. Um, but uh, for right now, it's it's been fine. And I think probably when we were in when we you know pay off some bills and you know maybe I, I think maybe reassess a, a year from now whenever this uh, this current deal comes up and see what they're offering, but. They're going to be for the only thing that is the problem is what are you, what are you going to do for internet? Yeah, well, I've I've still got AT and T for internet. Okay, so I just dropped I dropped the television and phone and everything. Yeah, well, I didn't have well, I I have phone. I have you had cell phone. a phone. I didn't have a, a landline. Well, well, but, Time Warner Cable. Like I had a landline. I've never used it. Don't have <laughs> right. anything plugged into it because they tell you it's cheaper if you have it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I never I'm had a sure is some kind of fucking scam. I never had a landline. I just had Uverse and and uh, and internet, and then and, and right now, of course, they're running some sort of deal on on the internet. Hey, come back, buddy. <laughs> well, I, I it ended up being fairly cheap just to get the internet package that I wanted, which and you know, so I'm I'm fine with it. I mean, that's where they get you. It's just like this thing with AT and T. It's like I don't think about the concept of data. Because we had unlimited data. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I start getting text messages. It's like, you're over. You're. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I have unlimited data. Sorry, bro. It's like, no. Nope. And they're like, no, you don't. We don't even <laughs> make it available anymore. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm not paying this because the <laughs> come down. I will meet you at Casey's too, motherfucker, while bar fires play. So, uh, yeah, cord cutting. Um, that's good. Good on you. I mean, I don't support, we work in a, it's weird cause we work in a medium where I want people to be able to have access to things, but this is the way that they will learn stuff is the more people that turn that shit off and figure out other ways to get their entertainment. That's the reason that things yeah. like Netflix and HBO and these services, I mean, the amount of crap that's on Apple TV alone yeah. that is just app related. And I mean, for God's sakes, you were, we were talking about the overproduction of Ghost Adventures. Well, it's one of the things that I always told you I love about Small Town Monsters is it's just if you want to show what kind of creature you're talking about, let's draw some art of it. But we're not going to get a person out there in <laughs> costumes and running around. Right. But, you know, like you can watch the most important Small Town Monsters movie, The Beast of Whitehall, <laughs> featuring someone that you may know on Amazon now. I think yeah. it's just Amazon Prime, but now I think it's just Amazon. So well. Um so yeah. Stuff. Facebook.com slash okay talk show, twitter.com slash okay talk show, 
and this is get really, out. Really, really solid cocaine you brought today. <laughs> I appreciate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> cocaine. The get, oh, they caught I don't know the why la- they caught the last cocaine cowboy today too. <laughs> I meant to tell you that. All right, stuff and things. Um, okay, talk show. Hey, ratings go, and review. Go, yeah, man. Please go, go do that. Also, do that right as soon as we stop talking. Go do that now. right now. Now, and if you listen to us on Stitcher, the next time you're on a desktop computer, go to Stitcher.com and rate us. Because you know, there's one person that's rating us on Stitcher because they don't, they do don't have it available. On they the don't app, do it through the app. And it was me. So go. <laughs> and do, me, baby. Do that kind of crap. Uh, uh, we really I- appreciate iTunes, it. iTunes, they so, couldn't make it easier. Tell your friends. Yeah. Post this shit in Facebook groups that you're a part of. If, you know, I know you're out there. I, I see you. Yeah. Put our show in that effing box and say, hey, if you like this kind of stuff, listen to this. One of the biggest things you can do for us right now, if you're if you like the show and you're uh, you like us on Facebook, then share the post because the more like just not not to get too in the weeds, but the more likes and the more shares that post gets, the more people get to see it, not just people you're sharing with. But, you know, if you're. If you like the page, you may not always our stuff may not always pop up in your news feed. But that if that's getting liked and shared, then it probably will. So uh go out there and do that. Share it with your friends, uh share the page with your friends, and um send us an email, okay talk podcast at gmail.com. You got werewolf stories, we want to hear them. You got Charlie Murphy stories, we want to hear them. Also, I mean it's springtime. It's that time where you you know, you want to take your lady squatch out to the woods <laughs> and go howling. Maybe make a baby swamp wookie. <laughs> so take your swamp wookie out tonight. Mm-hmm. Show what it's all about. Get a jacked up on some cheap cocaine. It's cool, <laughs> man. Uh, thank you for ev- and to everyone who does what we say already. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> as bizarre as that sounds. Thank you to you guys. You seriously, the little comments, the you guys are the best kind of. Sh- you can't complain, really. We don't get you guys effing blow. Maybe <laughs> that's it, because you go to it. hell at gmail.com. I don't ever check that, but <laughs> you make it possible for us to get the fine, high quality blow that we do here in the <laughs> studio. Seriously. The swamp looking quality. Mm-hmm. So thanks to everyone. Yep. Hollow.
baddest motherfuckers of all time. One of the best singers, one of the best looking motherfuckers you've ever seen. Hold my drink, bitch. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.